Welcome back to Chop for Time. Uh, it's Tom Sinclair here with Pastor Ben, ready to talk about all this stuff again. And I'm sorry. One, I wasn't listening <laughs> to you. We just had a... I just made one of the greatest statements in the history of mankind, and you were off in I was just reading Wonderland. The Bible. Some, you weren't reading the Bible. Come on. <laughs> Missing my insightful Monday morning ramblings. It's fine. It's fine. My feelings aren't hurt at all. Well... But I'm fine. How are you? I'm good, I'm fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, things are good. Did you have a good weekend? I did. I did. Cool. It was a good Saturday. Uh, you know, my, my daughter was in, and mm. she's going to be in far more frequently. Uh, you know, with she's just got a very handful of classes, this being her last semester, and the majority of them are online. So she's back home working uh, and just spending a lot more time at the house. So that makes old cool. dad happy. Yeah. I, I went to college 45 minutes from my parents' house, and I never went home, not even on weekends. So the fact that she's driving five hours each way. Yeah, well, it hasn't always home. been this way, so I'm going to take it while, yeah, while absolutely. we can get it. Absolutely. How, about, uh, how about your weekend? It was good. I was trying to think of anything that actually happened. Saturday, I did literally nothing, and it was it's great. It's a good day. It was it's great. A good it, was, day. it was needed. Um, we had our niece over yeah. for the weekend, yeah. which was... Uh, I got I got kicked out of my bed, um, so her and her and Kylie were snuggling during the night, and I was kicked onto the couch. So, um, but yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was fun. It's a good couch, so I was I was happy enough. But yeah, they're probably concerned some people if I just sort of with no context. I'm like, yeah, I slept on the couch. Slept on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> Listen for all. If if it's someone, if it's um, a, a male of the species that listens to that. He's just going to go, yeah, okay, right. been there. Yeah. <laughs> the the female would have been, ooh, I wonder what he did. We're going to mm-hmm. have to talk to Kylie next mm-hmm. year. Oh, that yeah. dog. Right. Men are terrible, which is not totally inaccurate. Yeah, that, that's fair. Anyhow, anyway, let's, yes, let's talk yeah, about so Sunday we, here. Yeah, Sunday was good. I really enjoyed Sunday. Um, it was it was uh, the amount of heads that were turning whenever looking at the fact that on the stage there was a giant piece of wood. Yes. Just sitting. Just there. There the whole time. Just there. Sort of. Gave people a little bit of like, huh? Yeah. What's what, what's what's going on this week? And if you've not listened to the sermon or you didn't watch or you weren't here, then we're not going to explain that to you. We're mm. going to make you go back now that we've piqued your curiosity. Think, I'm to think if we could see it in the camera angles. Yes, you, you uh, especially you could see a little bit of it from the main camera, the center oh, okay. camera, okay. but the one that is stage right, which uh-huh. would be sanctuary left. Uh, where oh, it's got a little yeah, bit of the a wider, wider yeah. shot. Yeah, you can definitely so you see get, it there. If you're watching it, you get to see some of it there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we continued through uh, Ephesians. Mm-hmm. Um, we're almost, we're just over halfway through the first chapter. Averaging three and a half verses a week. It's good. I like it. Um, yeah, so we were, this week we were looking at... Uh, I almost said first Ephesians. Was almost first like Ephesians, that. first revelation, yeah. you know. Ephesians 1, uh, verse 11 through 14. Yes. Um, which, uh, we may as well read it, should we? Sure. Um, so I've got the ESV version here. Uh, it says, In him we have obtained an inheritance, uh, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ and might be, might be to praise, <laughs> might be to the praise of his glory. Words are hard, man. Words are hard. It's Monday morning. Uh, verse 13. In him you also, uh, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, uh, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, um, to the praise of his glory. 
Cool. I just noticed to the praise of his glory is used twice there. Twice. Yeah. Cool. Must be a theme. Mm. Uh, mm. Yeah. So, um, do like we could just run through verse by verse sort of things that sort sure. of stand out or, sure. um, or specific sort of areas. Uh, one of the main things you focus on a lot at the start was the word inheritance. Yes. And the sort of multiple understandings and views of what that looks like yeah um it's a it's a really difficult word to translate in the greek mm. uh, we have you know english is a very simplistic language overly right. simplistic in a lot of different ways and you and i kind of talked about that last mm. week when we talked about love right. um so it's a it's a very difficult word to translate into the english and it's a little i don't know if ambiguous is the right term in in the greek but it could mean one of two different things the way that it was worded it could mean uh the way that the esv has translated it here that we have obtained an inheritance mm-hmm. or it could be that we are an inheritance mm-hmm. uh, and i think that either way uh, you know the, the the struggle with that is that both of those concepts are biblical and we, we took a few moments to look at that i personally adhere to the belief and this is just me personally not claiming that it's 100% accurate. Mm. I believe as Paul was writing and leading into this, this first time he mentions inheritance, he's talking about us being an inheritance to God, mm. his people being an inheritance to him, because then it goes on to talk about having been, uh, his people having been predestined according to the purpose of him. Mm. So, um, and then we go on a little bit later in verse 14, kind of winds it down, talking about our inheritance, which is when he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Right. Um, you know, and, and we kind of looked a little bit back in Deuteronomy, both in Deuteronomy uh, 4.20 and in 32.9. Mm-hmm. Uh, it states about us being God's inheritance or right. us being his portion. Mm-hmm. And then we can look into First Peter. Uh, we can look into Colossians chapter, I believe it's 3. Um, let me see. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Colossians 1.12. Uh, that's talking about us receiving an inheritance from right. the Lord. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's something that would be worth our time getting hung up on. Right. You know, and right. really starting to split hairs because um, I don't No, I don't want to say it doesn't matter because it does matter. But right. this is not one of those things salvific essential right. type things and, and both are biblical yes like whether it's the inheritance that we receive from god that is biblical i mean we see that in romans 8 when we're mm-hmm. made heirs with christ or if we are god's portion we're in his his inheritance as you were saying from deuteronomy it's not like it's not like one is right and one is wrong yep. it's that they're both correct neither both one biblical. of them is heresy right and uh one thing actually i find uh, in the nlt it was one of the only ones, uh, it, it literally just has the translation in a footnote, or we've become God's inheritance. Mm-hmm. And just sort of making us aware that that's a potential translation, yeah. which is and interesting for the for the NLT. To sort it of is, go yeah, because that's one like of the more dynamic translations yeah, dynamic, of the, for the sure. phrase for phrase. And I think, I just love how we see so much in Paul's writings here mm-hmm. that we can go back and look at the nation of Israel and their right. um, release from captivity in Egypt, uh, you know, the Egyptian bondage. And how much Paul is reflecting back on that and how it would have been presented to the church. And we'll see kind of why that is here in just a moment when he's talking about targets of who he's writing to here or targets of this inheritance. Mm-hmm. But talking about, you know, in Deuteronomy 32 especially, you know, land had been parceled out in the mm-hmm. promised land to the people of Israel. Right. They hadn't possessed it yet. 
Right. But there was already promises of parceling out the land. So, you know, he's talking about this, and they're kind of dividing that up and talking about how that's going to work. And then in Deuteronomy 32, 9, it says, but you are the Lord's portion. Right. That you are God's inheritance. And that just, that absolutely astounds me mm. about how God could view me as mm. his portion, his mm. inheritance, because he's not getting much. I mean, he's, right. you know, it's really, he's getting the, the, the short end of the stick here. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah, it. Uh, so I took a sip of coffee there at the wrong time. Listen, it's never, never a bad time. Never yeah. a wrong time to take a drink of coffee. Um, yes. Yeah, so, so we are we are his inheritance, and what he offers us is our inheritance simultaneously. Yeah. And this passage kind of a t- addresses both. Um, and then it goes on and says, uh, having been having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. And um, kind of, you know, jumping back to that you know versus three three five that we did a couple of weeks ago um which i think you know we have a much more well-rounded hopefully positive understanding of that word predestined which usually is like it's like the, the new moist <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean like it's word uh, yeah and if talk about and if we look at that you know I, i'm one i think that both of us believe that each verse not just passages of verses but each verse you can identify a centralized theme mm-hmm. in that verse. So if if we're going in with that understanding and we read that again and we see verse 11, what's going to be the theme of that verse? In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. What would mm-hmm. be the theme in that? As in... Overall, yeah, in that one uh, verse, what's uh, the thing? Yeah, him. Yeah, it's him. It's yeah. all about him. It's the inheritance that either he's receiving or that he's giving. Um, the the target really doesn't make that much of a difference when we're talking about the theme because both of them come from him. Mm-hmm. Then he talks about the uh, according to his purpose, right. his time, his working, and yeah. his will. Yeah, I think that's one thing in this, the word you, I mean, you mentioned this yesterday just with talking about worship mm-hmm. and, you know, the importance of looking at pronouns. Yeah. And I think that's true in, in when we're looking at passages as well, because when I'm reading this, I'm seeing the word him three times and the word <laughs> yeah. we once. Yeah. And then we, we will get, by our nature, we get hung up on that word of predestined. Is there right. anything in that verse that's making predestination a theme? Not at all. No. Yeah. It's him. Yeah. No, I think, yeah. That's a cool way of looking at that as well. So I, I always forget to look at, and just sometimes even just counting yeah. the amount of times that something is yeah. mentioned. You know, even just, you know, um, again, him being f- focused in on three times through it, through it, maybe 15 words. Mm-hmm. You know, clearly um, it comes back to everything that we've been talking about of, in him. And we'll, we'll see that in later verses as well. Um, the importance of the fact that it's always Christ. Father, Spirit, centered. Yeah, you know. Um, uh, verse twelve, obviously, so, so that we uh, who were the first to hope in Christ um, might be to praise, or might be to the praise of His glory. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, I mean, I say obviously, I think we can probably deduce from this pretty simply that so that we who were f- the first to hope in Christ. Um, my mind immediately goes to is he referring to Jews 
at this point yeah rather than the you know that's exactly gentiles yeah that's what he's that's exactly what he's doing because we'll we'll see there's another pronoun shift Mm -hmm. uh, that even though the centralized theme is still god Mm -hmm. his target pronoun will change here in just a moment Mm -hmm. but that's exactly what he's talking about he's saying we which includes himself Mm -hmm. paul was a jew Mm -hmm. He, he would be what we would consider a messianic jew a, right. a person who had a Jewish background of faith and belief that accepts Jesus Christ as their Messiah. Right. And he's saying we. Mm-hmm. That's we're the first because it says that Jesus came first for the Jew right. and then for the Gentile. Yep. Jump back to that Deuteronomy stuff again. Exactly. Of, yeah. You know, that, the Israelites being his portion. Right. That's and and they were his portion. They were chosen by him to be a blessing to all other nations. Right. It wasn't to exclude all right. other nations. Right. It was to be a blessing unto all other nations. Mm-hmm. So Paul's making this distinction here that we were the first to hope. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of switches that up because I said yesterday that we all deal with pride mm-hmm. on varying levels. Right. And I think we're seeing that. I, I think that we can see Paul recognizing that mm. in this writing. And he mm. makes a switch here in just a moment. Mm. Um, and again, on this one, the exact same thing happens. We are mentioned once. Uh, Christ and his glory is mentioned double that. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's, again, a key theme throughout this whole thing is that, uh, and, it, and it has that phrase that we've talked a lot about of in Christ. I mean, that's been a very key um, sort of target thought for the teaching in this church over the last few months, mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. Uh, is this continuous in Christ yeah. stuff. Um, uh, and you actually, I mean, we might need to get to this later, but you had a, a prop yeah. with you. Is that Did that come into play from a later verse, or is that with this in Christ? Um, it, it, it's the overall in Christ. Right. Uh, it's, it's when we get towards the end of these verses, okay, okay. especially Spoiler the, the then, last sorry. one. Yeah, okay. the last one in particular. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just this key this key thing, theme that keeps shining through um, is this in Christ and for his glory as well. Yeah, um, to the praise of his glory. To the praise of his glory. Um, in him you also, um, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, were sealed with the promise or with the promised Holy Spirit. Um, what's the pronoun there? Well, there's a few different ones. Yeah. So, But what's the main one as we're looking at that? You, you. is definitely a big one. Right. Um, so there's a switch that right. that's happened there. Mm-hmm. He's gone from we mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. And I explained a little bit yesterday the difference between Jews and Gentiles. Right. Jews were a very specific group of people. Right. Gentiles were everyone else. Right. It was a very broad brush term and a very mm-hmm. wide sweeping term. It's like basically the Gentiles were those who weren't Jewish. Right. Didn't matter what the background, ethnicity, right. race, right. you know, standing, didn't matter. Right. It was and if we, you weren't a Jew, you were a Gentile. Yeah. And we kind of talked about that uh, Ephesus would have been a, a, a port yes. as well yep. for, for a long time. I mean, it, you were saying that it might have been dried up by yep. this point, but but typically port areas would would have been made up of Many different cultures, oh, it was a many cultural different melting pot. Um, and yeah. so, you know, you would have had people from all over mm-hmm. the known world at this point living yeah. in this area, settling and working and, and, and visiting. Mm-hmm. This was this was a tourist attraction back in the day right. because you know you had the Temple of Artemis, who was the goddess right. of sexuality. Right. So, where did you go to fulfill the desires of the lust of your flesh? Mm. 
Ephesus was a really good place. Right. A lot of Gentiles there. Right. right. So I, I love the way that Paul addresses the possibility of haughtiness, if I'm going to use that word, uh, in the Jewish people. Because he makes this statement of we. So it would have mm-hmm. been really easy and very tempting for the Jews to have a spirit spirit of haughtiness right. to them of like, yes, we are the chosen, right. we are right. we are gods. But then he goes, but you also. Mm. So he's extending that and saying to the Jewish people, don't get so wrapped up in this right. because it's to the Gentile also. And I just I still think that it's worth repeating that Paul was a persecutor mm. of the early church before right. his conversion. So him being a Jew and a proud Jew and a devout Jew and one who felt like militantism was right. proper in his belief system, Gentiles would have been the very bane of his existence. He would have considered them lower than low. He would have considered them to be dogs. And dogs right. culturally then, completely different than what they are for right. us. Now, it's, oh, right. it's a cute little dog. You know, we all, most of us have dogs. We love dogs. You know, dogs are great. Cats, right. they're the devil. But anyhow, <laughs> dogs are fantastic in our culture. Right. But back then, dogs were a nuisance. More like a scavenging exactly. street rat. Exactly. Kind of thing. He would have considered them less than dogs. And then God calls him to be an apostle mm-hmm. to the Gentiles. Right. You talk about yeah. talk about a, a hit to your pride now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you know. Um, uh, I think you you touched on this a little bit as well. Um, yeah, uh, yesterday about just we all have bigotries. Mm-hmm. We all have you know. We all look down on other tribes, and we talked about this last night at youth as well. We were talking about demons, which is a really fun topic. Um, but a big portion of what we talked about was what do what's what what is our enemy's goal, mm-hmm. and. Um, the answer was pretty much to to destroy the world, to force us to or to do everything that they could to make us worship other things, and to cause division. Mm-hmm. Um, and I heard someone someone preaching on this uh, say that um, their ultimate goal is to make you think that my tribe is greater than your tribe, um, and then fill in the blank with whatever your tribe might look like. So, um, and I think you know Paul is talking to Jews. Um, and Gentiles, so you know mm-hmm. he he does have that thing of the Jews potentially getting that kind of puffed up mentality, um, and I think in the states we kind of have that exact same thing, mm-hmm. you know, because we do. There's a lot of talk about God's country, you yeah. know. There's a lot of um, uh, thought around that America is the sort of the Christian leader of the world, and that we do get this puffed up kind of attitude towards. Um, other nations mm-hmm. in this area you know we look at legislation in other countries and think oh well, that's not very christian i mean you know you kind of get right. some people articulating it that way but to me culturally if we're to sort of translate that for us today my mind goes to like this yes this passage is 100 percent for americans but it's equally for those in uh iraq oh, and yeah. palestine yeah. and israel and turkey or yeah. you know anywhere um, especially in the areas that we think, oh well, you know, you know that that God-forsaken land. It's yeah. Like, well, you know, it, yeah. it doesn't matter. Well, and the the fact is, is the love of country is mm. not wrong. Being right. proud of right. where you live is not wrong. Having mm. a uh, a sense of pride 
for your country mm-hmm. is not wrong. But when that begins to supersede yeah. Jesus and his teachings, or if it begins to absorb mm-hmm. Jesus and his teachings, mm-hmm. then we're lessening mm-hmm. the message of Christ. Right. And that's just his message and his gospel and his life supersedes everything. Right. Everything. Right. Um, so let's just, you know, that includes nationalism. Mm-hmm. That includes uh, secularism. That includes uh, any type of political fervor. That includes any type of philosophy, any type of idealism. If anything, if Jesus is, if we attempt to put Jesus into something else instead right. of putting something else into Jesus, then we've right. got it all backwards. Right. And if, and if we're trying to draw lines and I said this yesterday, that if if the version of the gospel that you have draws a line as to where mm. or what length or depth that the love of Christ can reach, you've got the wrong gospel. Right. Period. Right. Listen, I, I, I love my country. Mm-hmm. Love my country. But my country's not going to go to eternity with me. Mm. I'm not of this world. This is not my home. I'm proud right. of where I live. I'm pl- proud of where I reside. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. But this is not my home. Right. It's not my yeah. home. And I think you made a really good challenge yesterday of just pointing out, like, it doesn't matter your background, your understanding, your philosophy, or anything like that. This this oppor- opportunity to be in Christ is a it's for all. Mm-hmm. You know, and as soon as you remove people from that for all, you're doing the gospel a huge injustice. Yeah, you're cheapening the death of Jesus and, Christ is what you're doing. Right, absolutely. And I think and I think we we say that all the time, but then there's always that one or two, you know, people groups or attitudes or belief systems that were kinda of like, Oh, well they can't like there's no way they could ever start to follow Christ. You know, we yeah. kind of exclude them that way. Yeah. I mean, I think a big one at the moment is, you know, people who are same sex attracted and people struggling with gender identity and all that kind of stuff we alienate and we don't even try to preach the gospel to these mm-hmm. days and i'm not by no means am i saying that we should compromise our theology or our or our morals or what we believe about certain things but we almost just exclude people yeah. from hearing the gospel yeah. based on the struggles that they have in life or that they've had yeah yeah absolutely. If, if they've got a extremely jaded past right uh regardless of what the situation right. Uh, we will look at them, right. and we will try to determine whether they are worthy of right. redemption of the blood of Christ. Um, that happened for thousands of years. It's mm. called the Old Testament. Right. That didn't work out very well. Right. That's why right. Jesus needed to come. Right. Uh, so when we're left to our own devices and our own thoughts, mm. um, yeah, it doesn't work out well in the end. And that's just First Corinthians chapter 5. Towards the end, I think it's verses 11 and 12, maybe. Uh, Paul begins to talk about sexual immorality is the is the mm-hmm. big point of these passages. He makes the statement to conclude that chapter that what business do we have in judging those outside of the church? Mm-hmm. He said, expel the unrighteous person from among you. And that's going... Mm-hmm. Totally and completely countercultural to our church environments now because we have the mindset that as the church, we need to judge sinners. We need to judge those outside of the world, those who don't know Jesus Christ. But don't you dare judge me. Mm. Don't you dare call out one of my faults mm. or an area that I'm compromised in. If I'm in the church, don't you dare do that when that is actually completely counter mm. to the instructions that were given by Paul. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, you've a... got me fired up this morning. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's good. I mean, that's it's such a challenge because it is something we're not. I mean, this is, I, th- I do think this is a universal thing in the church. We're really bad at keeping each other accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, based on exactly what you're saying, that pride of well, no, I'm a believer. You can't tell me what to do. Yeah. Um, you know, um, but yeah, we go out of our way to sort of, you know wag our fingers at, at people outside of the church and say oh how, how dare you live this way and it's like well they don't why, why would they follow a morality and, that we haven't even tried and to we articulate? are absolutely shocked when sinners act like sinners <laughs> yeah and we we want to call them on the carpet about that but when those of us who are in Christ who are supposed to be holy righteous and blameless mm. which was talked about in you know, in earlier chapter, earlier in this chapter, when he says that, uh, you know, that we are chosen before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him in love. So His words, not mine, right. uh, we'll take, um, we'll, we'll try to brush it under the rug. Mm. Whenever those of us who are supposed to be holy and blameless do something that's sinful, right. but yet when people who are sinful by their nature sin, we want to judge them for it. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Um No, we do a good job of turning it, everything upside down, oftentimes, and I think that's one of those things. I mean, you talked about one of the reasons we're doing this book for a whole year is to build our biblical literacy yep. and our understanding of Scripture, being able to quote it and know it and really know it. And I think that's something that hopefully we can get better at, yeah. of actually knowing what the word says, what it means. And then we can form our actions and our thoughts and our our our, um, our ministry sort of around that, yeah. as opposed to, well, I think this is right. Mm-hmm. I think this is what God would want. Yeah, you know, because typically when you say that, there's a very strong possibility that you're wrong. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yep. Um, so, um, yeah. So the, I think yeah. So that was verse thirteen. Um, part of it anyway. Within so that was the. We were talking about pronouns. Right, how we got here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the gospel of your salvation and believed in him. Uh, we uh, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. This is something you spent a little bit of time on yesterday. Yeah. The sealing. Mm-hmm. Not, not the not, not, not the, the sealing yeah. above you, but being sealed. Right. And what that kind of right. looks like. It's just an indication of ownership in that culture. Right. Uh, like I said, they you know they would do it with letters. They would have a signet ring. You know the hot wax that would be your seal to show the authorization. Uh, they would do it with livestock uh, to brand them, so to speak, to put a seal on them to indicate right. ownership. And unfortunately, as I said, they did that with their slaves. Right. You know the human beings that unfortunately were enslaved. Right. Uh, they would do that to them as well to show a mark of ownership. And we still do something like that today. It's just a much looser form. Do you know what it is? Passport. No, no. Nope, nope, what our seal? It's on your passport though. Oh, okay. Your signature. Right. Yeah. That's our seal. It's yeah. a very weak and diluted form mm-hmm. of it, but that's our seal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this is just Paul talking about that the seal mm-hmm. that indicates that you're God, not not that you are God, right. but that you're God's. I need to yeah. Yeah. need to put the proper tone and inflection and yeah. proper grammar behind that. Um, is the Holy Spirit? But here's the mm-hmm. challenge of that. The seal that they would have been used to culturally, and still the one that we're used to now, because our seal, now our signature is external. God's seal in our lives, the Holy Spirit, is internal. Mm. So, right. you know, it, we've got to allow the internal to live through us mm. and be visible externally. It's called fruit of the Spirit. Right. Um, but 
many of us struggle with that. Right. I think some some of us like to think that we have the seal by putting a a fish on the trunk of our car. Do you know what I mean? Like, wait, wait sort of, a minute. Wait, are you saying that's not? Well, you know, but we 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 do we just sort of I mean, we do aim to have that external superficial thing of like, well, I'm a Christian because there's a cross on my car, or I'm a Christian because I have a I have a tattoo that says Jesus mm-hmm. in Hebrew or you know something, maybe, something maybe. which is a weird it may thing say, because it may say Jesus in Hebrew it may not who right, ever yeah, know yeah. Um, you know but we we if there's no internal sealing of the Holy Spirit uh, then you've got something wrong if everything is superficial and everything is external and everything is just talk that's where we get you know when Jesus says not everyone who says Lord Lord yeah. will follow me into heaven yeah. it, it requires that internal sealing of the of the holy spirit um and that, that kind of led us into the last verse which i think you you covered really well of just um uh, who, you know talking about the holy spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory um I actually have a footnote under guarantee that says or down payment which kind of leads into mm-hmm. your your analogy that you put put out yeah. Yesterday. yeah, I used the down payment of a like for a mortgage on a right. house uh, right. that it actually counts toward mm-hmm. what it is that's been promised. It's you know some some people liken it to an engagement ring, and that's just to me that's just not even close to accurate. Right. Just because once the wedding happened, the engagement ring really means nothing other than mm. sentiment. Mm. It's not doing anything towards the union. Mm. Uh, well, I know someone recently who put a down payment on an engagement ring. So is that like a double? So, but you know, we, we look at that and I did, that's when I, we had a yoke on stage, a double yoke, uh, oxen yoke, cattle yoke, whatever you would have used it for from 1790. It was amazing. It's old. Uh, But you were talking about being yoked together with Christ Mm. and his yoke is easy and his burden is light and co-laboring with him. And I said that we have to make sure that all of this passage is run through the lens of in Christ. Mm especially this last part of the, um, you know, what, what, what am I looking at here? The guarantee of mm. our inheritance. And, and I asked the question, I said, are, so some of you may be wondering, am I talking about eternal assurance? And I said, that's exactly what I'm talking mm. about. And I said, my belief on eternal security is that I am eternally secure as long as I'm in Christ. I'm eternally secure in Christ. Mm-hmm. Period. Right. Yeah. I, I don't. You know, that's we we get hung up on that about what we can can't do, what should shouldn't happen in our lives. The fact of the matter is, if we're in Christ, we're we're secure. Right. Because it's nothing about what we've done. Mm-hmm. It's now on the basis of what He did. But if we're not in Christ, that's when it becomes our works, and our works are, are as filthy rags. Right. I'm eternally secure. You're eternally secure. Listeners, right. you're eternally secure if you're in Christ. Right. If you're not, you're in danger. Period. Right. Yeah. One thing, I mean, it's kind of a, a separate passage, but I think connects, especially with the, the double yoke thing. Um, I think, I mean, a lot of times I wrestle with that thought. Okay. You know, my, my yoke is light my or my yoke is easy and my burden is mm-hmm. light. Then why is life so difficult? You know, yeah. I think I think there's a lot of people might hear that, you know, Jesus saying that his his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Mm-hmm. But 
why are things falling apart around me? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, what? So, and I think we maybe just even to clarify what that all looks like. I mean, could be helpful. Um, in that. Yeah, and there's there's so many different layers that we could go into that that suffering right. brings about obedience. That Jesus, yeah. even Jesus, learned a greater amount of obedience through his suffering. Mm-hmm. So if Jesus suffered to learn obedience, what would make us think that we wouldn't endure suffering right. to learn obedience? Right. But the best illustration that I think that I can talk to you about that would be, um, have you ever, um, I'm going to hesitate to use Kylie here because this could get you in trouble, (laughs) but have you ever lifted, like picked someone up just standing on a regular dry ground? Mm -hmm. You you pick them up. It's something that's called specific gravity without getting too technical and engineerical here since I'm not an engineer, but you know, there's a weight to that person Mm -hmm. when you pick them up. So if the person weighs 100 pounds, you're going to be picking up 100 pounds. That's the resistance. That's the gravity that's going to be pushing down on you. Now, if you take that same person and you're in the pool together and you pick that Mm. person up in the water, are Mm. they lighter or are they heavier? Much lighter. They're much lighter. That's Mm -hmm. because the resistance, the gravity, Mm. the force is less because Mm -hmm. the water lessens the weight of it Mm. doesn't take it away it just makes the person easier to lift Mm. it's the same thing in my mind with this my yoke is easy my burden is light he doesn't remove all of the weight from you he just makes it lighter right and like if you take two water you know two stones you clang them together Mm. it it it, it's friction i mean there's Mm. damage that takes place right but if you take those two same stones and you put them in water and you bang them together it's still, there's still impact there, but the friction is mm. far less because mm. you're surrounded by this substance right. that yeah. lessens the impact, lessens right. the friction. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. And I think as well, just with even just the yoke itself of obviously two oxen or two cattle pulling, uh, uh, whatever it might be they're pulling, it's easier with two. Yeah. Like if it's just you on your own, mm-hmm. um, that burden is not light. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, You're not going to pull it when we're talking from a spiritual angle. Yeah. And I, I had to kind of clarify real quickly yesterday because when we're talked about, when we talk about being yoked together with Christ, mm. the reality is he doesn't need you. Right. Right. We don't need, you know, we don't need this mindset of, oh, I've got to get in there with Christ because he needs my help. No, mm. no, I'm sorry. You're not that right. big, right. but I can guarantee you one thing. You need his help. Right. Right. I always think of like, well, just in you saying that, I think of like whenever I was a kid, my dad and I would always go out in a canoe. You know, we'd always go canoeing out in the out in the sea or, or down a river or something. Um, he would always ask me to help him put the canoe on the top of the car. Mm-hmm. He, I wouldn't lift anything. I would do no lifting at all, but he would still yeah. challenge me to try. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like, even though... My, personally, I probably even got in the way, <laughs> like trying to lift a boat. That's good. Yeah, that's good. There was a relationship building aspect of it. Yep. And just being asked to try was the challenge. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I don't know if that's heresy. There's probably things in there that's, you know, people can deep dive into. But it was just the thing that popped in my mind of like, we're, we're called to co-labor with Christ. And mm-hmm. um, he does all the work. And we're just challenged to do our best to yep. keep up and to, to work alongside him. Yep. Um, you know, that comes back to that James thing 
of, you know, we're not saved by our works, but faith without works is yep. dead. You know, yeah. it's this weird it's, paradox. It, it's one of those but, mysteries, of, that paradox yeah. that, yeah. listen, we're never going to completely understand. Right. It just doesn't right. happen. Um, but yes, and then at the very end, the last little line, to, uh, to the praise of his glory. And I think that kind of sums up everything. Yeah. Like that, whole, that's this whole passage yeah. is about the praise of mm-hmm. his glory. Right. That's it. That's cool. Well, were there any other little areas that you wanted to dive into real quick? or No, I think we're good. We've talked for almost yeah. 37 minutes now. Oh, dear. So, well, You've got me on several rants this that's morning. Good. So, that's good. Yeah. Well, if you're still here. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, 15 through 23 is the passage. Uh-huh. We're, we're, Ooh, longer, we're going. Longer we're, this yeah, time. Picking up steam. Crazy. Cool. Well, hopefully we'll hear from you next week, and uh, hope you have a great week. Yep. Talk to you soon. See you guys.